Podcast with your host, no other Connor Nolan. Follow on Twitter at CMeds11 for picks and podcast drops. Download, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe again, give a rating. It's all very much appreciated, fellas. Week three, a little bit of a downer week, three and seven, and now down 1.4 units overall. It was looking good for the morning and afternoon games, but then rolled into the evening games, and we couldn't get what we needed. Uh, Those Pac-12 games were bummers. But before I get started, let me just give a shout-out to your 3-0 Rutgers Scarlet Knights taking on a Philly foe in Temple at Lincoln Financial Field. What a tough game. Rutgers pulling out the 16-14 win against the stellar Temple defense, who gave up 30 against Duke, and now took on the high-powered offense of Rutgers. Rutgers with a sneaky 59 total passing yards. 52 from Simon and and 7. Yes, you heard me right. 7 from Wimsett. All the credit to Greg Schiano, though, and this coaching staff for pulling out a win under this much pressure in a stadium that fills 80,000 people and probably was 5% full. I was in Wilmington, which is right around the corner, and could hear the Temple crowd from Delaware. I mean, Kurt Warner's kid was quarterback for Temple and was a legend when he was playing. Even had a movie inspired about him. But uh kid threw for quadruple the amount of Rutgers did as a team and still lost. I mean, what a loser team Temple is. Nobody beats Rutgers. Just like this Saturday at 7 p.m., going against the Hawkeyes. They're traveling over, over here in Piscataway. Try to break this undefeated streak. Both teams just looking to get it done. I mean, both teams just high power, high power rushing, I guess. They can't throw the ball for shit. I mean, if they try throwing the ball, I think everybody in the stadium might leave. I mean, Petrus, quarterback for Iowa, might be worse than Art Sikowski. Uh, but both teams can run the ball and also defend against the run. So it should, should, should turn out to be a nice snooze fest for everybody. But uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, uh, let's start with the games that we picked last week, uh, starting off with, uh, Purdue and Syracuse score. The score was nine to three at halftime and then 10 to nine at the end of the third quarter. And then both teams score over 40 points combined in the, just the fourth quarter. The over under was 59 and a half and the game ended at 61. I mean, I would feel bad for whoever was on the under, but whoever was on Purdue got just as bad. Syracuse, Syracuse has the ball. On the 25-yard line with about 14 seconds left. And they run a corner route with uh, the slot receiver and get a touchdown, leaving seven seconds left. I mean, if you're Purdue, what in the fuck's sake are you doing on defense? Why the fuck aren't you guarding the goal line? Instead, you're in one-on-one coverage with no safety help, and Syracuse has no timeouts, by the way, and they give up a touchdown. That's what you get with some of these college football teams, unfortunately. Just don't they just don't think and we pay the price. But it's all part of the game. Even though I hate Purdue's guts right now, I'm still salty. But 
I'll be expecting them to return the favor at some point in the season. Uh, sooner shit all over Nebraska after firing Scott Frost. Surprised I didn't jump on this one, but thought the line was a little fishy, fishy since they just fired Frost. Uh, my favorite game of Saturday slate was Oregon hosting BYU Super Soakers. And what a dominant performance by Oregon. Absolutely demolished this Cougar team. Oregon ran all over them, just like I said, over 200 yards rushing, leaving not much responsibility up to Bo Miller. And BYU was still missing uh, their top two wide receivers, which definitely didn't help their cause. But, uh, you know, it's always tough to play over in Eugene, Oregon. As always, and it's always tough playing over in Provo against BYU. But uh, we took that one home for two units, so we appreciate it. Rutgers rival Penn State traveled down to Auburn to take on the Tigers. I gave Penn State out for one unit, and they ended up clobbering Auburn, winning 41-12. to was interesting for the first half, but Penn State ended up pulling away. They rushed for 245 yards, and Clifford threw for under 200. I mean, if you let an opponent run on you like that, you're not winning many games. Uh, Penn State averaged 6.3 yards per carry. I mean, that's a first down every two carries. Uh, Auburn's quarterback, TJ Finley, ended up getting benched for Auburn and was probably the right call. I mean, they couldn't get the ball moving at all in offense. But that's another big win for Penn State, another big win for us for one unit. Vanderbilt traveled to uh, Maction Team, Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois was up two scores at half, but Vandy stepped that high-powered offense into gear and ended up winning 38-28 for the final score. Freshman A.J. Swan took over and there for 200, threw for 250 yards with four TDs and no interceptions. They were also able to run 100 for 173 yards. Um, maybe this Commodore team has changed in a legit SCT team. Yeah, probably not. I mean, they're at 40-point dogs against uh, Bama this week, but we appreciate that one-unit victory. This is where things took a turn for the worst. I mean, Houston takes an early 14-point lead, then proceeds to be down 14 at halftime versus Kansas. And then Kansas finished the game scoring 48 total points. Houston held Daniels to 150 passing yards, but also gave up three touchdowns and no takeaways. But... The killer was Kansas running for almost 300 yards. I mean, some of these teams just can't defend against a run. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, but props to Kansas. They improved the 3-0, starting to get exciting for them. Taking on Duke next week and our nine-point favorites against 3-0 Duke. We'll keep an eye out on that game, see if they can keep this up. But uh, lose uh, one-point units on this one. I'm probably just going to change it up. Just do one unit, one lose one unit, whatever. Who gives a shit? Uh, the mad side, it just gets too annoying to take care of, and if anybody bitches, then fuck off. The mad scientists went to Baton Rouge and looked good when they started up 13 to nothing, but unfortunately went downhill from there. LSU held Rodgers to just 214 yards, and that was a deciding factor. If you're able to limit Rodgers, you're beating this Mississippi State team, plain and simple. Uh, Brian Kelly again, that big SEC win. Guy is just a good ball coach, honestly. We'll take a few years to get his guys in there, but you could see him boosting the enthusiasm up a little bit, especially with this win. I still like Mississippi State as we move along. We'll definitely keep an eye on them. I think they'll get some nice wins this year. UTSA traveled a short while to Austin to take on the Longhorns coming off that crusher of Bama. This is a good game up until halftime. Uh, Tied going in, then UTSA got blown out in the second half. I was honestly surprised as uh, they were going toe-to-toe with Texas, playing really well. 
even without Ewers, Texas was able to get the job done. Carr didn't play particularly well, but uh, that rushing attack put them over the edge and just controlled the rest of the game. Harris played okay for UTSA. I think he left the game early for an injury, but uh, Texas taking on uh, Texas Tech next week. That, that'll be a good matchup. It's over in Lubbock, so keep an eye on that one as well. UTEP traveled to New Mexico and got pummeled. 27 to 10. I guess this is this isn't the year for them. I was high on them in the beginning of the year because I thought they were somewhat decent last season and returned their starting quarterback, Hardison, uh, who has just looked like trash trash thus far. Threw three picks against New Mexico with under 50% completion percentage. It's looking bad for them, but give up for New Mexico. They've been playing well this season, are now two and one, heading to Baton Rouge to take on the Almighty LSU Tigers. Probably will be off the minors for right now. Might just fade them as they are trash right now, but we'll see how they do. Um, the U headed to College Station, took on A&M in the 12th man. Uh, what a shitty game this was, too. A&M's offense is trash. Thank God their defense is good, or else they'd be a tra- as trash as UTEP. This defense you know, held Van Dyke and Miami, and especially when Miami was playing well together. I thought they were looking good coming in. But they just couldn't get it going on offense and ended up being the decider. They didn't even get in the end zone. Honestly, if someone is saying Cristobal is this all-time coach, get the fuck out of here. He can't even compete on the highest levels and always and it was always choking. AM didn't make the switch at quarterback position. It was probably the correct call, even though Max Johnson didn't look good either. But previous starter King wasn't much better. AM now hosts the Razorbacks uh, of Arkansas. Should turn out to be a good one. Can't imagine a high-scoring game, but could get interesting as Arkansas is ranked 10th and going for that 4-0 start. Uh, Last one we took was uh, Fresno State at USC, which I thought would be a punch-for-punch battle, but USC ended up crushing them, mainly because Fresno State starting quarterback Hayner left the game early with an injury. Knew the bet was going to be a long shot after that. This USC offense is high-powered, just like every other Lincoln-Riley team. But this team does have their weaknesses, and they're taking on a tough Oregon State team on the road in Corvallis next week. And I've been high on this Beavers team all year, haven't taken them betting-wise, but they do look good, and uh, we'll keep a close eye on that one, see how the picks go. But uh, on to week four, get us back in the plus units, get us above 500 for the picks, we'll try to start winning us some money. But uh, starting out with uh, Clemson traveling to Winston-Salem, taking on Wake Forest, 12 p.m. game. Wake Forest plus seven, over under 55 and a half. Great ACC matchup. Battle of the Carolinas. Actually, the ACC has a good record right now. I mean, I don't know everybody who's everybody's been playing, but I mean, they haven't looked like too trash this far. They look, look like they got some decent teams, but uh, nevertheless... Uh, Ukulele comes in looking good so far. Obviously, they play trash. They play trash teams uh, so far this season. Still not a believer in him, but we'll see how he matures. Still young, plays on a good team with good players around them, which will make him better. But uh, best part about this team is they're running back Shipley in this defensive line, as opposed to Wake, who's just a pretty much one-dimensional team. Will throw and score at will, playing against a mediocre defense. But uh, you know that's not the case against Clemson. Clemson's D-line is going to be a tough pill to swallow for this Wake offensive line. They'll put pressure on Hartman and get get him moving and uncomfortable, which can cause a number of things, including big turnovers. 
Uh, I'm staying away on this one, though. I like Wake Forest as a team, but going against the defense and uh, Dabo will be tough. I think this is the correct line. You know, I think it'll be within a one-two score game. It'll be punch for punch, but uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll keep an eye on it. It'll be a, it'll be a nice watch. TCU heading over to oh, TCU at SMU, 12 p.m. SMU plus two over under whopping 70 and a half points. Um, traveling over across Arlington into North Dallas, taking on SMU. Nice little cross city rivalry game, but uh, SMU coming off a tough loss to Maryland College Park. Maryland had a fourth quarter comeback victory, scoring 14 points and holding SMU to just three points in the second half. Maryland is a good squad this year, and for SMU to come in there and almost knock them off is impressive. TCU thus far hasn't played anyone. Struggled with Colorado early on before pulling away, then beat some scrub D1 AA team. They do get Dugan back at quarterback, which will help, but I just think the wrong team is favored here. TCU head coach Sonny Dykes returns to his prior team and looks to bring TCU back up to what they were when Gary Patterson was riding high. Although Dykes is playing his old team, I could see SMU getting up for this one and shoving it back in the old ball coach's face. Tanner Mordecai is back for his senior year at SMU, and they're looking to make some noise and should win this American Conference. TCU is in a big look-ahead spot, too, with Oklahoma coming to town next week. You know, TCU is just traveling like, what, it's like a half hour, 45 minutes bus ride to SMU. These guys aren't really thinking about this game. They can't wait to get in front of their hometown fans, play one of the biggest games of the year next week. You know, I just feel like a lot of people are taking TCU here, too. I, I just think this is a good spot for SMU to take advantage of. You know, I'm riding, I'm riding this Mustang team, and I'm going with Mordecai. Uh, one unit plus two. Um, Florida Gators at Tennessee Volunteers, 3.30 p.m. Tennessee minus 10.5, over under at 62. Um, games over in Knoxville. Um Coming off a struggling win versus South Florida, the Gators try to bounce back with an SEC game away from home. Florida started out well by beating ranked Utah, but lost the next week to Kentucky. Um, I mean, they always struggle with Kentucky. It's like every year. I don't get it. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I do get it because Kentucky does stop the run a lot, and that's all you have to do against this Florida team. They're one-dimensional. They like to run. Richardson hasn't even thrown a goddamn touchdown pass yet, for Christ's sakes. You know, luckily they're going against Tennessee, who isn't really known for their defense and just goes blow to blow with the other side. Yeah, their defense has looked all right this year, but they haven't really played anybody either. Um, Tennessee had some difficulties with Pittsburgh, but ended winning that one in overtime with that game. Though their wins were against scrub teams. Um, but Tennessee is ranked as one of the top offenses in the league so far this year and was in 2021, you know, while Florida's rushing tie was top notch as well. But I'm actually going to put a unit on the over as I think both teams will put up the points and big plays on each other. Can't have any red zone plays get limited to just field goals or anything like that. But Tennessee likes to move the ball quickly with Florida's track record. And with Florida's track record against Tennessee, they could put some points up as well. You know, give me the over 62 for one unit. I do think Florida has some value here, but the line is pretty sketchy. I mean, 10 points, I don't know. I don't like it, but uh, I am going to take the over 62 for one unit. Uh, moving on, Notre Dame fighting Irish at North Carolina. North Carolina, 3.30 start. UNC is minus one and a half, over under 56. 
So heading down to Chapel Hill, thinking on a 3-0 Tar Heels team. Notre Dame has been looking like hot garbage recently, don't get me wrong. You know, I was able to beat out Cal last week, but lost Marshall the week before at home, which was just terrible. But just a lot of new moving parts for Notre Dame. You know, new head coach, new quarterback. It takes some time for these guys to get used to it. But UNC's coming in with a high-powered offense again, even without Hal and, you know, with uh, the new freshman, Drake May. He'll be playing an actual real defense. They're taking on the first real defense this year. Um, I don't think Notre Dame is anything to rant and rave about, but I don't think this UNC team is either. UNC struggled with Florida A&M in the first half of the opener and just barely beat App State and Georgia State, but now they're going to beat Notre Dame. I mean, it's possible, but I like Notre Dame's value here. This team returns a lot on defense, and this is what will win the game for Notre Dame. You could say Notre Dame's offense is terrible, but definitely not this defense. A lot of this experienced defensive line returns. They do lose two big defensive tackles in the NFL, but much of their sack leaders return this year. I think they'll get pressure on this young UNC team and make May uncomfortable where he's making a lot of mistakes. Notre Dame is going to be all business. I mean, this team already has two losses, and they're not looking to get embarrassed any more than they already have been. They'll come ready to play and show UNC what it's like to play against a real team. Give me the Irish money line for two units. Minnesota at Michigan State, 330 kickoff. Michigan State plus three over under 51. Gophers traveling to East Lansing. Uh kickoff for the Big Ten openers. Michigan State coming off a tough loss to Washington. Washington controlled pretty much the entire game. Ex-Big Ten player Panks Jr. tore it up for Washington. Threw for almost 400 yards with four TDs and no interceptions. I mean, killed them. Unfortunately, Minnesota just lost their top number one wide receiver to a leg injury. It will definitely be a blow this passing game. They do at least return quarterback Tanner Morgan and running back Muhammad Ibrahim, who was hurt all last year, but returns for a senior year. Is already a top three uh, rusher this season. I mean, this dude is a beast. Minnesota would have made some great noise this year if they didn't lose their top wide receiver. And they would have made great noise last year if they didn't lose Ibrahim. But they, I, I still keep an eye out, see how they adjust. But I also think this Gopher team is just better than Michigan State. They they still return their senior tight ends, or senior tight end, their top tight end, and their number two from last year. This team has a lot of experience together, which will as they go along this season. Um, on the other side of the ball, uh, this Michigan State defense is, you know, this hasn't been your normal Michigan State defense. Even last year, they were shaky. Uh, the offense improved a little bit, but I still have no confidence in them to put up a lot of points against Minnesota. Even without Ibrahim last year, the Gophers finished the season 9-4 and with a bull win. They are back, and P.J. Fleck is looking to make some noise just like they did in 2019. Give me the Gophers here, minus three for another two-unit play. Oregon at Washington State, 4 p.m. start, Fox. Love it. Nice Pac-12 Fox network every Saturday at like 4 p.m. Love that. Love that time slot. Washington State, plus six and a half, over under 57 and a half. Um, Oregon traveling just over to no man's land, Pullman, Washington, taking it on Wazoo. I'm pretty high on Oregon this season. They are coming off a big home win against BYU, where BYU didn't even belong. Oregon controlled that game from start to finish. Honestly, couldn't believe that was the line at first, but we cashed a nice two-unit play on that one. 
Washington State is coming into this game 3-0 with a win over Wisconsin. Uh, that was an away game. Um, they have looked good thus far with their new transfer quarterback, Cameron Ward, who made the trans- transition over from Division One AA and Carte, not a word, whatever the fuck. He's done a good job so far this year, had struggled against the Badgers a little bit, but was still able to get uh, the win in that game. But now comes in a much better defense than what he's he's experienced so far. This D-line is top five in the nation, pressuring the quarterback. With a newly added guy like this, with not much experience playing in this high of a level game, it will cause problems for this offense. Biggest thing the Cougars will need to do is stop the run, but I don't think it's going to happen. Because the Ducks O-line is on a tear and just killing everybody in this in they face so far, except for Georgia, obviously. But, you know, these Pac-12 teams are not on that level, obviously. But uh, try to get the ball in Bo Nix's hands, make him make mistakes. But if he can do that, you'll be able to keep this one close. Unfortunately, I just don't think Wazoo has what it takes. Oregon is one of the top teams in this Pac-12, and Wazoo is still trying to find their identity. I'm riding the Ducks here again. Two units, minus six and a half. Most likely we'll buy it down to six. We'll see how the line moves, wait until Saturday, see what direction it moves, and we'll go jump on it. But, damn, three two-unit plays already. I'm feeling it this week, fellas. You guys better be on this. Arkansas, Texas A&M, 7 p.m. A&M minus two, over under 40 and a half, 48 and a half. Oh, Pig Suey traveling to Jerry's World in Dallas, Texas for a good old SEC opener battle. Texas A&M coming off that primetime bounce back win against Miami after losing the previous week to App State. Just embarrassing. At home, too. Razorbacks 3-0 with wins over Cincy and South Carolina. Both ranked coming in. Texas A&M looks to have a worse quarterback situation than fucking Notre Dame. I mean, this Aggie offense is trash. Only put up 14 on App State. Then last week, just put up 17 on Miami. They're lucky this defense saved their ass and won them that game against Miami. This defense is good. I mean, very good. Uh, especially against the pass, but one of the worst against the runs. And you know, that's exactly what the Razorbacks are looking to do. Top 10 in the country in rushing so far this year and finished top 10 last year. This Arkansas team matches up real well against Texas A&M. I get A&M is home and will have the 12th man, but this is SEC football, and the Razorbacks aren't fucking around this year. If they stick to their bread and butter and run the shit out of the ball, I think they have this game. It's possible A&M doesn't even score a touchdown. I mean, that offense is that bad. I can't stand watching it. They brought in a new quarterback last week, but he's just as bad as the first one. The walk-ons might be better at this fucking point. I'm going with the Razorbacks plus two. I'm taking the money line as well. Two units. Ooh, pig suey. USC traveling to Oregon State. Oregon State plus six and a half. Over under 71. Going up to Lib. Oregon, taking on the Beavers of Oregon State. Now, if you listen, you know I do like Oregon State this year. They are consistently in every game and always give the other team a run for their money. Both teams coming in 3-0 with a common win over Fresno State. Oregon State beat Fresno away from home on a last-second TD. USC beat them handily last weekend, but, you know, Hainer went down. I can't give them that much credit. Oregon State also knocked off Boise in Week 1 and made Bachmeyer look like a dirty scrub. He actually got benched that game, too. It was terrible. That's quarterback for Boise. But Oregon State is a tough team. The biggest thing that will worry me this against USC is the passing game with Caleb Williams. You just got to get him uncomfortable and get him moving. He tends to hold onto the ball when he's in scramble mode. 
think the biggest focus to this for Oregon State is the defense to get pressure on him. I mean, make him scramble outside the pocket, get him uncomfortable. Make him make mistakes. Fresno had a couple defensive drives in that game where they did this, but you know your offense isn't producing, especially with like a backup. It's in your defense is always out there. It's going to get worn down against this team. But going against up against Lincoln Riley will be a tall order. Uh, this biggest key is is limiting the big plays. Also, score on offense, which I don't think will be a problem for the Beavers. Chance Nolan, cousin of the show, always appreciate. It. And he could play. I mean. Especially with this high-powered uh, offensive line, which I don't, you know, I think they, I think they're gonna do well against this USC team. This offensive line is good; they can run the ball. Biggest thing for them is to control the time of possession and to not let this USC offense take control and produce big plays. But I'm, I'm going with uh, the Beavers, Oregon State plus seven by that half point, bitches for just one unit. Stanford at. Washington, Washington, minus 14, over under 63 and a half. Stanford Cardinal heads up to Seattle, take on this new and improved Washington team. Huskies are coming off a nice win and cover versus Michigan State as the line was fishy, so I stay away from that one. But the Huskies took it and now take on a nice Pac-12 foe and a nice letdown spot. I like the Stanford team and Shaw coaching them. Stanford just had a week off to prepare for this game too. Unfortunately, they lose their starting running back, uh, but McKee will, their quarterback McKee will have to step it up. Also, giving Shaw an extra week to prepare against Penix and crew will help them out greatly. 14 points is a lot to cover, and especially in conference when we don't even know what Stanford really is yet. I mean, they play one game against USC. USC beat the shit out of them, obviously, but uh, I just think this is an overreaction to last week when Washington beat Michigan State. I can even see Stanford winning this one. Most of this Stanford defense returns, and Washington hasn't seen one like this yet. Michigan State isn't a defensive team like they have been in years past, and Penning shredded them, but that shouldn't happen against Shaw. Only thing that scares me is Washington's defense, as they were pretty good last season, but also just gave up 20 points to a shitty Michigan State offense. I might even go under here. Ah, what the fuck? Just give it to me. Under... For one unit under 63 and a half. And I'm going Stanford plus 14. Two units. Sprinkle a little on the money line here. I mean, plus 14. I'm, I'm taking it. I think this might be a win for Stanford. Uh, you know, a couple other games I have my eye on. Might add it in. Uh, UNLV at Utah State. UNLV has been looking pretty good lately. I mean, I, I like this team. The Rebels are good. And Utah State Bonner has just not been living up to what he usually did, especially last year. I mean, they're just not playing good football right now. I kind of like UNLV's spot right here. Um, I might take them, but uh, I'll, I'll look at more into that one. Utah at Arizona State. I mean, the line was originally 14, and I wanted that. I knew I should have jumped on that. It's up to like 15 and a half now. We'll see how that line moves um, as it goes on. Uh, I really do like Utah in that one. I mean, they are definitely pissed about that Florida game. Unfortunately, I just don't think they matched up well. Arizona State does run the ball well. We'll see how it is. I, I don't think I would ever touch it after 14, but um, just seeing any other games out there. Uh, 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 Duke, Kansas, pretty good one. Kansas down to minus 7 now. Wow, uh, they were at minus 9. A little money on Duke there. 
Yeah, Florida, Texas, traveling on Texas stack, that would be a good one. I kind of like Texas in that one. Texas is good. Uh, it really depends if viewers comes back. If they're still riding card, I probably wouldn't t- touch it. But, uh, 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 uh. yeah, I think that's about it. Wisconsin at Ohio State, I mean, it's minus 19. I don't really want to touch that. Kansas State at Oklahoma. Oklahoma minus 12, not bad. Uh, yeah, I think that might be it. But yeah, also tune into Twitter for the final picks. But just to recap, week four picks thus far. Also post this on Twitter on Saturday morning. You know where to find it. SMU plus two for one unit. Tennessee over 62 for one unit. Notre Dame plus one and a half for two units or money line. I forget which one I took, but two units on that. Minnesota minus three for two units. Oregon minus six for two units. Arkansas plus two, two units. Probably going to take that money line too. Oregon State plus seven, one unit. Stanford, uh, Washington under 63.5. Stanford plus 14, two units. Sprinkle a little bit on that money line, baby. But um, but got a couple Twitter uh, comments. Just want to address these. As I said, if you guys leave a comment, you know I'll call it out. We'll talk about it. But uh, Faye Train from uh, Hinky737. Faye Train's out already. I mean, one bad week. Come on. What are we doing here? I think that guy liked Wyoming. Uh, total team points seven and a half under first half last week. Fortunately, that lost. I thought it did win, but it was uh, the first quarter that I ended up losing. But he's been a fader since day one, so I can't I can't hate on him. He's ride or die. Uh, Wendy, Wen Moon, whatever the fuck. Yikes. Yeah, no shit, asshole. I went uh, fucking three and seven. What the fuck do you think that is? Good? Dumbass. And then uh, good old Sam, the Dush 24, Oregon, though. See, what motherfucker knows to ride the biggest play of the day? He knows. So hop on these picks. Tune in next week. I mean, that's all I got is three fucking comments. Keep them coming. I'll read them out. We'll talk about it. We'll laugh about it. But tune in next week. Watch this weekend. Subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe. Appreciate all the ratings, whatever you guys got to do. Tune in, all the listens. Keep on keeping on. Uh, Have a good weekend, everybody.